Hello, folks. Welcome to Notoriously Episcopalian, a podcast of sermons from me, Kelly Hudlow, an itinerant Episcopal priest in Alabama. Thanks for listening. This is a sermon offered for the Feast of the Transfiguration, August 6, 2023, at the Church of the Holy Spirit in Alabaster, Alabama. The principal text for the sermon is Luke chapter 9, verses 28 through 36. I also discuss the movies Barbie and the movie Oppenheimer, but with no spoilers. May I speak in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. 78 years ago today, the United States used the first atomic weapon in the bombing of Hiroshima. That event would change the world and serves as sort of the unseen pivotal plot turning in the movie Oppenheimer, which came out recently. Oppenheimer is based on an award-winning biography of J. Robert Oppenheimer called American Prometheus, and both the book and the movie tell the story of how he, a flawed and complicated genius, became the head of the Manhattan Project and tasked with creating the atomic bomb. It also follows Oppenheimer's life after the bomb as he wrestles with the consequences of his choices and with the creation that he was responsible for. Now, on the same weekend that Oppenheimer debuted, right, a couple of weeks ago, another eagerly awaited movie came out called Barbie. And the Barbie movie released that same weekend is set in the world of Mattel's Barbie doll, right, which was created in 1959. The Barbie doll provided new avenues of play for children, and Barbie could be anything. And in her many years of existence, right, she's been everything from, I don't know, a veterinarian to a physicist to an astronaut, right? About a decade before NASA let women into the space program, Barbie was an astronaut. So it would be hard to imagine two more different movies debuting on the same weekend. And so moviegoers had a choice to make. Do they go and see Barbie? Or are they the more serious movie type and go and see Oppenheimer? Or do they see both, which gave rise to some social media hashtags of hashtag Barbenheimer? Now, I didn't see either movie on opening weekend. I preferred to wait, let the crowds die down. I saw Barbie first. It was a little less hectic. The line was not quite as long for those that maybe wanted to stand in a human-sized Barbie box, have a photo made. But the theater was full. I saw Oppenheimer the next week, right? Crowds were a little bit smaller, but this theater was still pretty full for like 3 o'clock on a Friday afternoon for people to be going to see a movie. The two movies are indeed different, but they have, for some reason, captured our imagination at this particular moment in time. Now, Barbie is what you would expect Barbie to be, at least initially, right? Lots of bright colors, pop music, there's jokes, there's singing. There were several times the whole theater erupted in laughter, but then there were times that the whole theater was either crying on the edge of crying The movie's tension comes from the fact that the problems of the world and a sense of existential dread somehow make it into Barbie land. And what what do they do with that? 
Now, Oppenheimer is also like what you would expect. It's dark and intense and brooding at times. The screen is filled with images of swirling fire or sort of imagined atoms flying around. The pivotal moment of the bombing of Hiroshima is never seen in the film. And the tension is not about whether they will build and use the atomic bomb, because we know what the history is. Instead, the tension is around how will Oppenheimer himself deal with the consequences of it. And as different as these two movies are, I do think that they are wrestling with a very similar human problem. They are both grappling with what does it mean to deal with sort of the anxiety and pain of a finite existence, of understanding that what we have right now will end. Now, you may be sitting there and rightfully thinking, what does Barbenheimer have to do with the Feast of the Transfiguration, which we are celebrating this Sunday? And that is a fair question, and I might give you an interesting answer by saying, I think it has a lot to do with it. And to understand what it has to do with it, I think it's helpful if we take a moment to take this mountaintop experience that is the transfiguration and put it into context of where we are in the story. Right? Jesus is in the midst of his earthly ministry. People are questioning who he is. He's given his big sermon that we generally call the Sermon on the Mount, though in the Gospel of Luke it's the Sermon on the Plain. He is sending disciples out. He's healing and teaching in parables. He feeds a crowd of 5,000. Peter has just gotten it right by proclaiming Jesus Messiah and Lord. Things are going great. And I would imagine as being a disciple in that moment, it's like I am finally on the winning side. But then Jesus tells them that he has to go to Jerusalem to be arrested and to suffer And to die. But he will be raised on the third day. Now for the disciples, this is one of those record scratch moments, right? Where everything stops and you hear that horrible screeching noise. And things have been going so great up until this point. What is Jesus talking about? That he's got to be arrested and he's got to die. And then Jesus turns to them and doubles down and says, Not only do I have to go to the cross But if you are my followers, you will take up your cross and follow too, even to the point of death. And that by losing your life is how you will be saved. Now the disciples are suddenly grappling with the anxiety and fear that comes from realizing that we live in a finite existence and our mortality is right on the edge of us. They are faced with Jesus' paradoxical teaching that life comes from his death. Now, the two movies that I've talked about deal with this acceptance of existential crisis in different ways. The, The Barbie movie looks at it through the acceptance of imperfection. There's no quick fixes to the world's problems. Often we just sort of change who is in charge and that individuals should be allowed to grow and develop without the expectation of perfection. But somehow that doesn't get to the existential crisis. We're just sort of left in the midst of it to be with each other. And then in Oppenheimer, right, it is humanity that is the source of our own destruction. The greatest minds of the world facing a world war create the greatest weapon imaginable. And the post-war Oppenheimer continues to rely on his own intelligence, right, his own political 
political machinations to try to stop them from developing an even worse weapon. And he fails. They still come up with the hydrogen bomb, right? He cannot stop what's been set in motion. When faced with destruction, he finds that humanity is willing to make things that are even more destructive. But in the transfiguration, we get God's answer to that anxiety and fear of the pain of mortality, right? In the transfiguration, Jesus meets the disciples in their anxiety and says, you come away with me and we're going to pray. And in that place of prayer, right, that is where Jesus's glory is revealed. And in this moment, God reveals that Jesus there with Moses and Elijah is the continuation of God's saving work of reconciliation that has been going throughout history, right? Moses, the great liberator and lawgiver, Elijah, the greatest of prophet, and now Jesus stands with them and takes counsel from them. And talks to them. Luke's the only one that tells us what they're talking about. Jesus is talking with Moses and Elijah about his own departure is the word that we hear. But it's actually his own exodus. His own liberation moment that is coming in Jerusalem that will be the liberation of all of creation. Now Peter's unconscious response is that they should stay there in that place. But that is not the plan. The cloud moves over them. The voice says familiar words from the baptism. This is my son, the chosen one, but then adds, listen to him. And then the cloud lifts. It's just the disciples and Jesus there. And instead of staying there, they return to the real world of human suffering and need where people need to be healed and fed and saved. The momentary glimpse of Jesus' glory doesn't fix everything for the disciples, right? They're not back to the good old times before they realize what Jesus' mission really was. It doesn't make them a more effective or faithful. They will still leave him when he is arrested. It doesn't take away the pain that they're going to feel when he dies. But it does serve to relieve the anxiety enough that they can continue to make the journey with him to Jerusalem. They can keep listening. It's not surprising in our current age that we have two movies come out on the same weekend, both dealing with the existential crisis that it is to be a human being right now, both in their own way trying to speak to the moment that we are in. What does it mean to live in a world distracted by perfection? Searching for perfect bodies, perfect things, perfect boyfriends or girlfriends, perfect jobs. What does it mean to live in a world distracted by perfection while we also live in a world that is on the very edge of annihilation of our own making? Our human imagination leaves us wanting. The flawed perfection of Barbie, the tortured genius of Oppenheimer offer only momentary answers and distractions and not lasting answers. But this morning in our readings, we're reminded of the ultimate answer to our fear and anxiety, right? Jesus heals, Jesus feeds, Jesus casts out demons, Jesus calls us and teaches us and sends us out. And we are to take up our cross and follow him, not into some futile nihilistic mission, but into everlasting, abundant life. God opens the way of salvation to the whole of creation through Jesus, and it is through Jesus that we become beloved children of God. It is through Jesus that we are healed and forgiven. 
The transfiguration reminds us that our response to the anxiety and fear of the world begins with prayer and that we can rest in the faithfulness of God who has sought us again and again. And this doesn't make it all easy, right? It doesn't make it all go away, but it does keep us going so that even through the noise of today's world filled with division and dread, we can again see the glory of Jesus and hear, this is my son, the chosen one. Listen to him. Amen.